0: In your face, I am joined by Donna Jackson, who's the director of the Love Booth, a theatrical production happening in Williamstown, March eight and nine. Donna, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, James.
0: It sounds amazing. Celebrating uh, fifty years since homosexuality was delisted as uh, a psychological illness. It's an extraordinary production. Tell us all about it.
1: Well, it's an international collaboration with a company called. Galley Road Productions, who are the leading queer theater company in Toronto, Canada, and they approached me and asked me to direct a play called The Love Boot, which tells the story of two lesbians who lobbied for many years in the 1970s to have homosexuality being delisted as a, in a Diagnostic Statistic Manual, or the DSM, as a mental disorder. And so what these two uh, lesbians, who was Barbara Giddings and Kay Lauhausen, they were a couple, and they used to show up at the psychiatrist convention every year and they were in the foyer and they had set up a little booth where they had information about homosexuals living happy lives and they were trying to get the psychiatrist to stop analysing Um, homosexuals and to talk to homosexuals themselves about who they are and what sort of people they are. And um, this booth that they set up at the convention, the psychiatrists weren't that worried about all the information and the medical information they had there. As part of their booth, they had pictures of um, gay couples kissing and um, loving each other, just kissing, and that really upset the psychiatrist. So that's why it's called the Love Booth because the booth that they set up to lobby for change um, had pictures of gays kissing.
0: Wow, and of course that delisting that had a monumental effect on people being able to be themselves um, but also to be activists and to, to achieve law reform and social change.
1: And that's why I thought it was important because this was is actually a play written by Tara Goldstein who's a, a Canadian playwright and she was moved, you know, that that this had happened and it's about an American lesbians and then when she asked me to direct it and put it on here in Williamstown, I thought, okay, well, that's a really important foundation story because people like myself who, who are lesbians, we're able to function in society now because we're not seen as people with a mental illness. So something that in America has really affected me and my life and my rights and people taking me seriously I couldn't be sacked for my job for being a homosexual or a lesbian um, because uh, people could claim that I was mentally unwell. And when Tara asked me to direct the play, I said, that's fantastic, but I think it's important that we tell some local queer stories about Williamstown or the western suburbs and about Melbourne. And so in the play, The Love Boots, we've got that strong through line about... Um, homosexuality being delisted from being a mental illness. But we've also got local stories. So, for example, one of the local stories I found was in Newport in Melbourne. We've got this fantastic place called Newport Lakes, and it's a giant area in the western suburbs of Melbourne that you can go down into. It's all natural bush. Well, the person who saved that was our first female mayor in Williamstown, Geraldine Schutt, who was a lesbian, And when the council wanted to turn Newport Lakes, which was a quarry, into a tip and fill it up and get income from, you know, people dumping stuff in there, she worked very hard uh, with another woman and they voted against the ALP in Williamstown, that's the the council ALP, uh, to save Newport Lakes. And that's how we got this fantastic bushland. So I think that there's lots of local stories that we've been able to dig up about um, people from the homosexual and queer community being activists and in all areas of life. And so we're telling some of those stories as part of the love booth, um, not just the American stories. So we've got American stories, we've got Canadian stories, and then we've got Western suburb stories. And in many cases, we've turned them into a song or a dance or a cabaret piece so that it's very theatrical.
0: It is wonderful how many queer stories from Melbourne's West are being unearthed. What are some of the other ones that you've captured?
1: One of the other ones that we've captured, which was interesting when I said we're doing a a play um, that's about queer ideas, is that I had a number of my friends saying to me that their children um, were changing gender. And I thought, ooh, or they're claiming another gender for the gender that they were assigned when they were born. So there was about six people said that to me. And I went, that's a really important story. So um, I worked with songwriter, Megan Flattery, and we talked to a number of our friends who who were going through this and they were feeling
0: confused.
1: And as parents, they were feeling um, conflicted, but wanting to support their child. And from talking about this very sensitive issue, Megan's written a song in the play for the viewpoint of a mother and she sings a song which is called Let's Start With I Love You. And it's a beautiful song that's based on our friend's journey of wanting to support and love their children after feeling very confused but doing some research and talking to lots of other parents and deciding, Let's start with I love you and that's the way to approach this um, new thing that we're experiencing.
0: So you're really exploring intersectionality.
1: I think it it is and because when we're talking about queer, I think for me I was around in the 1980s I used to be in lots of women's bands I was in a band called Nights Girls Don't Spit that used to play at the Tote and um, do lots of lesbian things and now I think we're talking more about a cross-section of queer culture and in the western suburbs here we had the Rainbow Awards when we had awards for different organisations that are doing great things in the rainbow community and through that I put a call out and on a Zoom meeting I had a number of young people, young, well for me young, under 25 and they came onto the Zoom meeting and they were makers and creatives And they were talking about fashion and how fashion tells the story of their diverse genders. And so in the Love Booth now, it's a cabaret, but it's also got six breakout fashion moments when I've been working with um, people I'm calling fashionistas who have designed fantastic drag outfits that happen in the show. So we've got one um, performer... Bally Burkhard, is coming on in a tutu and he can dance on point toes to classical music in his drag king outfit.
0: It sounds like a wonderful celebration of queerness. You must be having a ball at rehearsals.
1: We're having a ball at rehearsals and also what, what I'm really happy about is um, that we've got younger and older queer people together. And one of the younger queer people did say to me, I didn't know that there were lesbians who were over 60 who was a lesbian. And I went, yeah, no, you're not the first lesbian around, actually. We're, we're, there's a few of us over 60. Lots of us. It. So it's great for us because we're breaking down those barriers because I think sometimes when you are in the queer community, you often hang around with your own age group and we go through in generations, and it's been interesting with me going through my generation from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s, 2000, to 2020s, and to cross all those um, generations is really interesting. But we've had to have conversations about saying that we speak in different languages. So some of the fashionistas who have got fantastic um, outfits the language that they use around queerness is very different to someone like myself who's a lesbian feminist from the 1980s. And we've had to agree that we will all treat each other with respect and have fun and a lot of laughs and a lot of singing, but we let each of us speak in our own language. And that's been a great way of us being able to move forward and have fun without, um, oh, you know, judging each other because we don't always come together in this
0: way. Wow, they're so lucky to have you as a, as a performer from the 80s that's doing it in 2024, and you must have seen so much change, and uh, the younger folks must find that fascinating, talking to you about the history of the community.
1: I think it is, and I think it's also the thing, um, I think it was about 17 years ago, I was doing some drag king work, and I did a show at the Fringe called Tough Titties in um Drag and um, it's just passing on that there is a history of drag and um, queerness, and it's only when we get together to make a theatre work where we've got all the generations together, singing and dancing, we can go. Oh, well, actually, you know, it's, there there is a long um, history of queerness, but it's not always captured and it's not always um, collected. So. Um, I, I think it's also great to see that we've got the different ages, but things that were happening with queer people in Melbourne and in the western suburbs, similar things were happening in Canada. So one of the performers is Kale Reed, and they are a lesbian um, singer from Toronto, Canada, and they're singing about watching Ellen on TV with their girlfriend in their girlfriend's bedroom and how much it meant to them to see Ellen come out on television and they felt that the world was changing at that time and then they realized that there was a lot of battles for us to go through so and I can remember watching Ellen come out on television and thinking that the world had changed so the same thing that was happening for me in Melbourne was happening for kale in Toronto in Canada. So there is an international thing in the play as well as um, local things, local stories
0: do you find yourself sometimes pinching yourself and saying I can't believe it, all the change that's happened and I'm here nurturing these young people to explore these stories uh, in an environment where it's safe and uh, it's legal and uh, the government's actually funding it I mean it's it's a it's a far cry from the 80s it's
1: a far cry from the 80s but, and I'm I'm all for celebrating but one of the stories that we have in the play is told by a um, a person and they are applying to have residence in Australia as um, being a queer person because they're from Malaysia and in Malaysia, being queer, you can still go to jail for 25 years and you can be ripped if you're a homosexual in Malaysia. So they are um, wanting to stay in Australia because they can't go home to Malaysia and that was a big important story that came through one of our um, fashionistas younger people and I realized that I've got a whole lot of benefits here and in Australia things are changing but there's a whole lot of countries like Malaysia where it's still a crime to be a homosexual.
0: And it's so important to remember that both in terms of how lucky we are but also how much work still needs to be done
1: and for us to celebrate what we've got here but also just think, and I think this is, um, the love booth is an international exchange and to try and think not only locally, but nationally and internationally and where we can help people who don't have some of the benefits that we have in Australia to lobby still for that change for them and not just to be satisfied with what we've got in Australia.
0: Well, the Love Booth is happening next Friday, the 8th of March at 7.30 at the Williamstown Hall, and also on Saturday, the 9th of March, there's a 3.30 matinee, and it's also on at 7.30pm. And I think people can go to the Hobsons Bay uh, Council website to get more information, yeah?
1: Yes, the bookings are at Hobsons Bay tickets, and the tickets are $30 and $35. So we try to make it accessible for
0: people. Donna, love your work. It's a fantastic production. The Love Booth. Donna Jackson, thank you so much for joining us today on 3CR. Oh, thanks, James.
1: Hope to see some of your people there for a night of singing and dancing.
0: Would love to be there. Thanks so much. Thank you. 3CR. In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health
1: for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbor Health envisions a future where our LGBTIQ communities and people living with HIV are healthy and live safely with dignity and well-being. To find out more, search for Thorn
0: Harbor Health online.